Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Let's bring in right now the former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, who has an announcement for us this morning. Mr. Mayor, what's your announcement? Joe, the poll shows people are hurting. Uh, They need help. They need help fast. And they need leaders who can actually get them help now and know how to do it. I do know how to do it from years of serving the people of this city. And so today I'm declaring my candidacy for Congress in the 10th Congressional District of New York. And I want to tell you what people need is exactly the kinds of things that I've focused on before. They need money back in their pocket. We did that. We reduced income inequality. We helped people by getting pre-K and 3K for all their children, taking a huge expense off their plates. Uh, I'm very proud of having led this city out of the worst of the COVID crisis. I'm ready right now to serve and address the issues that are so deep in communities in Brooklyn and Manhattan. And I just wanted to come here, a place that I cherish. And with you, who've been such good friends, to tell you this is uh, the next step. And I want to serve the people of the community that is my home and that I love. Who cares? I mean, that's the question, right? Bill de Blasio thinking that anybody wants him to run for anything is flat out nuts. The New York 10th, uh, by the way, is a really strangely drawn district. You got the whole west side of Manhattan, and then uh, you're into these like slivers of Brooklyn to masses of Brooklyn. The whole thing is strange. It's represented by Gerald Nadler right now. Who is begging for Bill de Blasio, a guy who let the city fall to garbage? And I looked at the story. I said, all right, all right. uh, I don't think anybody wants Bill de Blasio running for Congress. And then I came across this story that the CDC recommends Pfizer booster shots for kids ages 5 to 11. And I'm like, all right, which thing will you pay attention to less? De Blasio running for Congress or the CDC still thinking they have any level of effect in your life? Tony Katz, so good to be with you guys. Tony Katz today, son of a gun. I mean, it's push, right? The CDC uh, has signed off on the recommendation. So doctors can now give boosters to kids between the ages of 5 and 11. Because infections and hospitalizations are rising across the United States. Now, I I will tell you, there have been a couple of really interesting medical stories going on. The first is the cases of severe hepatitis. In children, at last count, it was 180 cases, probably more by now, in 36 states, Indiana being one of those states. My beloved Indiana. It's, it's, why? Why is this happening? Well, there's a theory that it's possible. They, there's no basis for this other than, well, how could it be, right? People talking at the bar, on the bar stool over a beer about what could happen. It's possible that COVID could relate to these things. In terms of who's gotten COVID and 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 they they'll probably say vaccinations, right? Who was vaccinated? Who wasn't vac- Was not vaccinated? It could be um, 
something they haven't even thought about. But there's this, this these cases of, of hepatitis amongst kids. I'm freaked out by that. Then there was uh, the announcement that there has been monkeypox found in the United States. Okay, people, move along. There's nothing to see here. Monkeypox. Not even supposed to be here today. Let me say it again. Monkeypox. And you're and, and and by the way, if you've seen some of the photos of kids with monkeypox, it's it's horrific. It's it's chickenpox, but it's it's raised and it's oh, it looks like boils. It to an extent, it looks like boils, but for whatever reason, it just looks far more horrific. It's so oh, just to see the photos could make you sick. You don't want this for. Anybody. And you're like, this is all a bit of nuts. I'm paying attention to these things. A rise in hospitalizations because of COVID? First, let me ask, this is happening coming into the summer months again, right? This happens when more people are indoors. Proving that everybody who screamed about super spreader events didn't know what they were talking about, unless, of course, it was a Barack Obama fundraiser, in which case you were totally accurate. These things don't spread outdoors, but clearly in indoor spaces where you're not getting fresh air and air circulation, you have issues, which is why I hang out in cigar lounges. It's why I hang out in cigar lounges, because they, they're moving the air constantly. A good cigar lounge is moving the air constantly, so you don't get that stale smoke, because that'll affect the way you engage a cigar and enjoy a cigar. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. You got to have serious, serious ventilation. It's why I don't smoke in my, in my radio studio right now, and it's killing me. Oh, I'd love to. I would love to because I want to do more more video work and everything else. And we've thought about, you know, I've talked to you guys. We've thought about adding on to the house to be able to do this. Well, good Lord, who can afford to do that right now? It's nuts. So I'm thinking about getting a shed. It'd be like a she shed, but it'd be a smoke shed. But we're not going to smoke, uh, you know, brisket in it. We're going to remind me. I got to talk about smoking a brisket. I'll get to that. Uh, but we're, we're smoking cigars. But it's not enough to have an indoor place to smoke the cigars. You got to be able to move the smoke out. So you got to get a smoke eater. The problem with smoke eaters is that they often make noise. You can't have noise being made while you're doing radio. And so I get, it's, it becomes this really, really vicious, vicious cycle of how to get this done. So it's why I've never done it, because I can't get it done accurately. I can't risk that you would not be able to enjoy uh, the show because I want to have a cigar when I smoked. And therefore, there's this high level, like, like squealing hum that takes place because that's the smoke eater uh, changing out the air. In a cigar lounge, there's music and other things going on, so you don't actually notice it. It's just part of the whole thing. But they move the air sometimes, you know, eight times an hour, completely recycling the air in a a spot. 
we argued here, if you want kids back in school, take off the masks and put on the coats. Open the windows. And you don't have to wear masks to do anything else. And we were right. And we weren't right because we just knew by, just just naturally knew or by luck. We actually looked at the science and said, wait a second, if X, then Y. So why don't we do uh, the things that get us to Y? We didn't live in fear. We lived in paying attention. I'm paying very close attention. Can you tell me about the hospitalizations? Since the start of the pandemic, according to the CDC data, more than 4.8 million kids in the age group of 5 to 11 have caught COVID. More than 15,000 have been hospitalized. More than 180 have died. More than 180. Is 182? My point is it's not 17,000 kids. It's not 2.4 million kids. It's 180. And that is awful. It's someone's child. It's 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 got to be heartbreaking in a way that I hope to never possibly and properly understand. But if you tell me 4.8 million kids got COVID and 15,000 got hospitalized, somebody want to do that math for me? What's that percentage? 4.8 million kids catch COVID, 15,000 hospitalized. What's the percentage of hospital, hospitalizations on the 4.8 million? Don't, don't make me do it. Somebody do it. Do the math for me. By the way, if we were um, uh, doing it the simple way, the way I often do mathematics, 480,000 kids would be 10% of 4.8 million. So 48,000 would be 1%. So if you've got uh, uh, 15,000, you're talking about a third of a percent? I did that math. That's how I do math, by the way. I, don't, don't make it more difficult than it needs to be. Do it easy, people. That's what we're talking about. And now I'm going to allow that to get me to vaccinate my kid, never mind boost my kid? I don't think I'm going to be paying attention to that. I don't think I am going to pay attention to these people. I'm going to pay as much attention to this as I'm going to pay to Bill de Blasio running for Congress. So we understand each other. If the morons of Manhattan want to vote for this commie loser, good, suffer. Suffer. You deserve everything you get. Now, I am not so sure who else is running uh, in, in, in the district. I, I don't know. Nadler has held the district uh, since 2013. And before that, uh, there was a guy by the name of Ed Towns before that, this guy by the name of Chuck Schumer. So you know where these, where these people come from. You know how they, they grow and they build. If New York votes for a guy, if New Yorkers vote for a guy who destroyed the city, destroyed the city, punched it directly in the you-know-whats, 
they deserve everything they get. The problem that we have, of course, is that he's going to be this loudmouth voice in Congress. Oh, is he going to be loud? Oh, is he going to be obnoxious? Oh, dear Lord, that guy on a panel asking questions? Oh, he's just going to suck so bad. He's going to suck so incredibly, so much suckage, as they say in the business. The kids say that with their rock and roll music. They talk about the suckage. So I don't want it. I don't want any part of it. But if New Yorkers do this, they deserve what they get. And my desire to go back to New York wanes every day. There have been some conversations about heading back and doing some stuff with Fox and, and, and some stuff with Newsmax, some other things. I'm like, eh, nah, 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 I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm really good. You, you guys aren't going to offer me a show anyway. So, so honestly, what, what are we doing? I should spend my time in a city that still wants to put you in a mask. That is still uh, uh, reeling from having a a, a mayor who isn't taking an even uh, a truly serious attack on crime, although maybe better than de Blasio. And when we talk about Eric Adams. And you're willing to elect de Blasio as as your representative that, that he could seriously consider running, which means somewhere he's got some freaking funding. Someone gave this guy money. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I I don't think I can be around this. I I do not. Do not think I can. I do, however, have some nice celebration for Canada for doing the right thing on Huawei. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So Canada has made the move banning Huawei and ZTE from their 5G networks because of national security concerns. This is is good news. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. The U.S. has done this. uh, Great Britain has done this. Huawei cannot be trusted. China cannot be allowed. They cannot be allowed to have any control over the 5G networks. They have to be kept from it at all costs. Because if they control the protocols for 5G, we are all in a bad, bad spot. The theft that would take place from these low-life commies, I, um, you'll notice I have, I have given up the ghost on in any kind of kindness towards communists. I'm just done. I am done. I am exhausted, and and I just I just don't want to be kind. I I don't I don't want to pretend. I don't want you to think that somewhere like 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 I I, I think these are, are decent people. These are very undecent people. So China, the Chinese Communist Party, and of course I'm talking about communists, not people who are Chinese, uh, although they may be Chinese. Uh, communists cannot be trusted. The U.S. has been warning about security implications of giving Chinese tech companies access to telecom infrastructure that could be used for state espionage, and it will be all of it. It doesn't matter if Huawei or Beijing uh, say that that's not true, rejecting the allegations. Screw them. Who cares? Everybody gets it. 
China can't be trusted. When push came to shove, don't tell me uh, 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 about uh, how uh, people are worried about uh, Chinese currency and what happens if that becomes the reserve uh, uh, currency in, in, in America. You know, we're talking about the yuan. We're talking about the uh, the, the the renminbi. Um, it, 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 although, although I, I, they are they are the same thing as I know them, but I often hear them discussed in these different ways because I think it's a question of 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 who you are. So I, 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 sh- I shouldn't kind of, kind of uh, create any level of distinction between the two. I'll just utilize um, Chinese currency. Because different names and they sometimes get, they get called the same thing. So I just want to make sure I'm not being confusing by being completely confusing right there. In the end, people have to ask themselves, com- corporations or, or I should say uh, countries should have to ask themselves, what exactly or who exactly do they trust? And the answer is they don't trust China. And rightfully so, they don't trust China. Because there isn't much here to trust. These are dangerous, dangerous, dangerous people. The communists can't be trusted with this technology. And when push came to shove, Canada said, yeah, these guys can't be trusted. And I applaud the maneuver and the decision. The United States has to be at the forefront of unleashing 5G and getting installed and in. The U.S., Australia, Britain, New Zealand, Japan, and Sweden have blocked or restricted Huawei technology in their 5G networks. This is the moment. You want to talk about something that should be a national imperative? It should be the place that America is moving to with, with, with force? It's controlling 5G. Now, why 5G? Because 5G is about the Internet of Things. If you want to be able to turn on your your pellet grill from your phone, control the temperature, if you want to be able to do something with your washing machine or any home appliance that's connected to the Internet, that's 5G. That's 5G. And so you... See, you can you can clearly see the opportunities that exist in that. The growth space there is there. Get control of it now. Leave China in the dust. The other nations are waiting for us to get this done with more speed. We should be on it. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. So um, I think it's it's really important for us to have eyes on what happened with uh, Shireen Abu Akleh in in Palestine. You know, she was killed by Israeli forces, um, a venerated journalist, a U.S. citizen. My God, is Ocasio-Cortez an anti-Semite? Now, the last I checked on this story, we were not sure 
who killed this journalist with Al Jazeera. Because the argument made by the anti-Semites of the world, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, was that Israeli forces killed the journalist. However, video uh, on the scene shows that it was Palestinian terrorists who were shooting indiscriminately and may have shot and killed her. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you guys. On uh, Facebook, ah, forget Facebook, TonyKatz.com and TonyKatz.locals.com, what we're doing there getting more and more interesting by the second is we're moving out of facebook because they can't be trusted and uh, honestly i'm tired of 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 working with them i'm tired of anti-semites like acacia cortez she's a bigot she's she has been for a long time a jew hater she has supported jew haters she is what she is now you can say to me tony her opposition is to israel not jews you keep saying that to yourself and uh maybe you'll, you'll sleep well that is not what's happening here. And I know this because she told me it. In the first 10 seconds of this video, you want to hear it again? Sure. I also um, think it's it's really important for us to have eyes on what happened with uh, Shireen Abu Akleh in, in Palestine. In 10 seconds, she told you her position on Jews in Israel. Because she refers to Israel as Palestine. It's not Palestine. It's not Palestine. It's Israel. Jerusalem's the capital. And if you don't like it, too bad. You bigot. And you don't know that if she was killed by Israeli forces. It would be awful if she was. But you do not know. And to put that out there is incendiary. To put that out there is to attack the Israeli Defense Forces, is to attack the nation of Israel, is to do it purposefully. But that's who she is. Remember, she hangs out with Rashida Tlaib. She hangs out with Ilhan Omar. She hangs out with the squad. She hangs out with people like Jeremy Corbyn, the well-known anti-Semite of Great Britain. This is who she is. This is who her friends are. You know, she was killed by Israeli forces, um, a venerated journalist, a U.S. citizen. Um, and, you know, we, we can't allow, we just, we can't allow the, this, this stuff to be happening on our, with our resources, you know, like, a lot of times people say, oh, you know, a lot of times people say like, oh, like you're treating this differently and you're, you're, you're picking, you know, you're picking them out and treating them differently. We, we are, our tax dollars are a part of this. Our resources are a part of this. We can't even get health care in the United States and we're funding this. Funding what? If you want to discuss getting rid of foreign aid around the globe, fine by me. You will not get an argument out of me at all or in any way. None. You'll get no arguments. I'll tell you fine. I'll tell you okay. Go for it. Now, so much of the foreign aid regarding Israel isn't actually in dollars 
as much as it is in selling uh, equipment, hardware, that then, you know, Israel is able to utilize to keep planes in the air, etc. And without that, yes, Israel has a very, very hard time existing. And I want to now address how she thinks she can speak to me by claiming that what she's discussing isn't anti-Semitism. Oh, you know, believing that Palestinians are human beings that deserve human rights is like somehow inherently anti-Semitic. It's not. And it's insulting, um, I believe, to the actual profound amount of anti-Semitism that our Jewish brothers and sisters are, are confronting right now. Because it's not a joke. You are neither my brother nor my sister. Could you stop? Just want to make sure we're clear. Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar want the United States to formally recognize the Nakba. They want the U.S. to say that Israel is an occupying force, even though the land is there, theirs biblically, uh, historically, uh, and by law. It's their land. There was no Palestinian people. There was no great Palestine. It was an empty, nonsense desert that nobody was interested in. And yes, it was when it became Israel that they turned it into something quite amazing. History is very clear on the subject. And when you discuss the idea of human rights, what do you want to do about a group of people who vote for terrorists to control them, Allah Hamas? When do you say to the so-called Palestinian people, do better? And when they try to do better and they get beaten down by Hamas, when do you say, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, that Hamas is a terrorist organization and wrong? We're seeing hate crimes against Jewish people in our in New York City. We're seeing, you know, explode in the last couple of years. And we can't be we can't be confusing terms like this. We need to be really careful. Um, and it's just you know it, it just can't be the case that anything can happen. You know that U.S. resources help help. I mean, like we saw an entire media building get bombed last year. Listening to her speak, it's amazing she's a member of Congress. She can't put together the thought. I don't know how many times she uses the word like. I realize sometimes I use the word right a lot. I'll go, right? I gotta stop doing that. I correct myself when I do it. She uses like a lot, like, you know, like, like, you know, like. In like with our consent, with us looking away anymore, and that doesn't mean that you don't believe in, in you know, in in Israeli people being safe. But I mean, we can't believe in Palestinians being safe too. This is out of control. You don't believe in Israeli people being safe because you don't believe in Israel. How do I know this? Ten seconds on the clock, please. I also. Um, think it's it's really important for us to have eyes on what happened with uh Shireen Abu Akleh in in Palestine 
That's how I know you don't give a damn about Israel. That's why I call you an anti-Semite. That's why I clearly understand the problem that you put out into society. I clearly am able to explain why you are a fraud and a liar, why you are a bigot and why you hang around bigots. And while you sit there and make this claim of it's not anti-Semitic, your words and your actions and your friendships say something very, very different. And if you say to me, well, I voted for Trump and Trump moved the embassy to Jerusalem. But I'm not friends with everybody who's a friend of Trump's. Oh, I think some people who are really big fans of Trump have some really, really big issues. And that brings us to Madison Cawthorn, whom I'm, uh, you know, the other day I said, I will certainly wish the guy well. He's a young guy, 26, loses his primary for re-election. Uh, he, he can have a career. And now I'm just, I'm just waving goodbye. I'm like, you know what? You have, Maybe, maybe we'll never run into each other again. Okay. And bye-bye. Why? Why? What changed my mind? Well, he changed my mind. He put himself there on the Instagrams. And uh, he put out a list of America First Patriots, the people who helped him and, and stuck uh, by him. Uh, he's, he's got Marjorie Taylor Greene on the list. He's got Michael Knowles on the list, although uh, he spelled Michael Knowles' uh, name wrong. Right there. Uh, he's got uh, Matt Gates on the list, list, congressman, producer Ari's favorite congressman. Uh, he's got uh, uh, he's got Senator Rand Paul on the list. I, I didn't know that Rand Paul was a Madison Cawthorn guy. I, I had no idea. No idea. But uh, the great Charlie Kirk is on the list. Well, okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. All these people, they're on this list. Like, all right, these are the people who helped you? Well, cool you want to say thank you makes sense to me and he starts with something that i think is is very acceptable to say when the establishment turned their guns on me when the uniparty coalesced to defeat an america first member very few people had my back this list includes the lion's share of figures that came to my defense when it was not politically profitable these are the honorable men and women who are the types of friends anyone yearns to have they, he continues, at the beginning of a change, the patriot is a rare and hated man. Uh, and that was a quote. These are those rare and hated men and women. There are other national figures who I believe are patriots, but I am on a mission now to expose those who say and promise one thing, yet legislate and work towards another self-profiteering globalist goal. Okay. He's, he's appreciating the people who are helpful to him. Makes perfect sense. And none of the people on this list are responsible for anything that Madison Cawthorn says. He thought they were helpful. He's saying, thank you. I don't know if they accept your thanks or not. So thanks. Th there it is. He continues. The time for genteel politics as usual has come to an end. Well, that's something I agree with. Although I would argue it's been ended for, for a, a, a bit of a while. And, and I, I want to make sure that we, we have the same concept of genteel politics as usual. But we'll save for that. He continues, does Madison Cawthorn, uh, that, uh, where'd it go? Okay, there, there it is. He continues, 
It's time for the rise of the new right. It's time for Dark MAGA to truly take command. Bye, Madison. I have no idea what the hell Dark MAGA is. He continues, we have an enemy to defeat, but we will never be able to defeat them until we defeat the cowardly and weak members of our own party. Their days are numbered. We are coming. What the hell is Dark MAGA? What am I supposed to do with this information? Just pretend that a member of Congress who just got defeated didn't say this? Now I'm going to have 9 million people asking me, never mind asking you, what's Dark MAGA mean? Um. Um. I don't know. I'm not defending this crazy. Dark MAGA. You know what Joe Biden said? How did I not think of that one? Ultra MAGA was so stupid. Dark MAGA. We go now to producer Ari for his thoughts on what Dark MAGA means. Uh, Dark MAGA, I believe, I just Googled it. Uh, An ancient wizard from medieval times who sucks the souls out of children is Dark MAGA. Oh. Wow. He's summoned by the word kafefe. Ah. Nice. Nice. You, you, you put that all together. Madison Cawthorn's out. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear people say, Tony, you don't understand. Dark MAGA? It's time for dark MAGA? It's time for the rise of the new right? I'm out. All right, fine. I'm a squish. Sure. Whatever you say. Which part of bite me should I repeat? <laughs> Just, I'm just wondering... Where I have to yell such a thing. Dark MAGA. I swear to you, I have no idea what to do with these crazy people. Because that is, that's ridiculous. Stop telling me he has a point. If you say he's a fighter, I'll agree with you. I may not always agree with the way that he fights, but I'm not going to disagree. And I'm not going to disagree that we don't need fighters. We do. Dark MAGA? A new right? Don't ask me to be a part of that stuff. That's ridiculous, silly, nonsense talk. That's delusionary stuff. And I want no part of it. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. This Fiona Hill story, I think, is way more interesting than the credit that it's it's getting. So Fiona Hill um, was was there in 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 the Trump days, right? She she was she was an ambassador. Was that her her official title? Presidential advisor, former official of the U.S. National Security Council. And uh, she was a witness uh, in, in the first impeachment of, of Trump. Okay, that, that's, that's where it is. 
But she tells this story that Putin was very frustrated with Trump. Frustrated over Trump's lack of knowledge on geopolitical issues. And that all this played into Moscow's decision on the timing of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So he thought that somebody like Biden, a transatlanticist, someone who knows all about NATO, who knows where Ukraine is, knows something about history, steeped in international affairs, would be the right person to engage with. And this is Fiona Hill saying this in a, in a, in a um, I don't even know what, what the situation was. You could see that he got frustrated many times with President Trump because he had to keep explaining things. And Putin doesn't like to do that. Even though he loves to be able to spin his own versions of events, he wants that predictability in the person that he's engaging with. Putin didn't invade Ukraine because Trump didn't know anything and therefore it was too uncertain? I want to break that down a billion different ways. That's the weirdest argument in the world. I'm Tony Katz.